welcome to another episode of War Dice. My name is Gonzo. And I'm John from War Budgies. Um, you know what? What episode are we on right now? This is episode three of War Dice. I think so. Yeah, three. Because we do them every other week that like, we kind of get like thrown off and everything. Yeah, because we've done ISA and robots. Imperians. Yeah. Robots that hate squirrels. Hey, that's a callback <laughs> from my last episode if you didn't catch that. Um, so t uh, today we are going to do something a little bit different. Um, we are going to not talk about armies. We're going to talk about community. But before we talk about our community and how to grow it and how to build it and da 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 da, um, I wanted to send a big thank you to John because John is actually becoming to I. Actually, I don't remember how we actually met. I think I was talking to you about some stuff and was like, hey, you're doing really cool shit for Warcaster. My name's Gonzo and I'm a weirdo. Would you like to work on stuff? That's and, a direct quote, yes. Yeah, and I think you were like, yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I, I'd asked you, because I know that you were coming to Warfare Weekend, uh, if you wanted to take over and do the Warcaster stuff. And, you know, I would... I'd let you, you know, sit around and play games and everything, but no. Um, you said yes. Mm -hmm. And since we've been working on getting Warfare Weekend ready, our tables have grown exponentially for terrain because we know one. You know, we're, we are going to do a episode on Warcaster terrain, but the terrain has grown quite a bit. It's amazing, yes. Um, so we've gotten quite a bit of terrain from Tinker Turf, which we know makes great Warcaster terrain. Um, we've gotten some other ones, and I've we've, I've built one. I actually have, I joke around, it's actually my old Star Wars Legion. So it's like a Tatooine set, but it's great for <laughs> Warcaster. <laughs> um, but uh, Tinker Turf has supplied us uh, with a few more terrain tables. And I've gotten some more from them. And so we'll have some really legit tables. Um, do you remember what all events you're running? I'll put uh, you on the main... spot here. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's all good. <laughs> so the Warcaster Championship, we're definitely running. Very excited about that. I haven't looked to see how many people have signed up yet, but that's definitely going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. We're also running the culmination of the Jericho Reach narrative campaign. If you haven't caught that, it's on the Warbuds YouTube. We just put up episode two last weekend. Yep. And so the big finale event is going to be at Warfare Weekend on Friday. And that's going to be a chance for you guys to board and sabotage or protect this giant flagship that's hovering over the Reach. Okay. I, I'm actually waiting for that because I, I know a lot of people are like, I just want to play some narrative stuff. And I'm like, here you go. Yeah. And you actually get to, you know, have something and do something and, you know, be part of it. So, another we're pretty seeing. So, guys, if you like Warcaster, you want to come out and play some Warcaster. Um, and actually all weekend, because not only will you have the narrative event, the championship, but you also scrambles, which uh, for yep. me doesn't know, scrambles are eight-man quick tournaments. Um, the um, the TO, whoever's running it, says as soon as they get eight people, they start running a tournament. Uh, it's one scenario the entire tournament. So you can kind of play and then you kind of set the point, you know, the point value of what they are going to do. But um, you also go, Privateer Press is going to be there with vendors uh, as a vendor. And we'll have, I'm sure, Warcaster stuff. And they always do good sales. Uh, I think last sale was buy one, get one free. 
Um, yeah. Which is great. Especially if you're wanting to jump in and help get your friends into the game, a.k.a. <laughs> build a community. Smooth transition. So, <laughs> so we're going to go and talk about this. We've, I've been wanting to do this for a bit because, of course, during the whole pandemic and COVID and stuff, we've had to stay away from, you know, stores, you know, community. And I think that's one of the reasons why people are now getting into this game, because people are now seeing it and coming in and doing it. Yes, yeah, so, it looks good in person. It really does. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I thought this would be a great segment in between army building and list building. We're going to talk about how to build your community, what to do, and what not to do to build your community. Besides, pick your nose and wipe it on your shirt. But, you know, that's a whole <laughs> different story. So, so one of my big things about building a community, and um, I think it's very important because there's nothing wrong with you playing a game with your friends and your buddies at your home, drinking beer, so on and so forth. But I think one of the biggest way to build the community is take the game to your local game store. Yes. Um, yeah, I think it's very important to do that. And, you know, said, you know, just go there. I mean, check with your local game store, see if they have a night set aside uh, for games like this, because sometimes game stores have like, this is War Machine night, this is 40K night, this is, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, but if you have a local game store, go visit them because that's where you're going to build your community. Yeah. And there's a common theme that I'll be mentioning throughout this, and it's the best way to sell a game is to show that it's fun. Correct. And the thing that you and I, Gonzo, we ran a bunch of demos at Adepticon last year. <laughs> and I mean, a bunch of demos. But as soon as you start putting models down and rolling dice, people just gravitate over. And you see this stuff in person, these miniatures and the, all the terrain set up. And it looks gorgeous. Correct. I mean, and the thing is, is, even if you don't have, like, you don't have the Tinker Turf terrain or you have, you know, just whatever. It doesn't matter. Just put something down and start playing. People are going to come over and look at your stuff. Um, John and I have joked about it that, you know, we try to find out who sold the most boxes or who sent the most people <laughs> to Privateer Press to go buy the game. And I think me and him and I are going to have a, a fun little competition next year at Adepticon to see, you know, who can who can have the most people over there buying product uh, of Warcaster. But um, <laughs> there is something because I can tell you about a game all day. I can tell you, I can show you pictures, but until you're physically there rolling dice and committing and doing actions, it's really not going to matter in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Get down there. And it's just, if it's me and John, we go down to the local game store, we set up a table, we start playing, you know, and you know, people aren't going to look. Yeah. Um, because but they're unique. Yes, but it's it's almost like a form of art in 3D. Like when I first got into wargaming, like back in 2001, it was I got some of the you know some of the magazines, some of the photos. It's like oh, this looks kind of cool. But the first time I walked into a store and saw a fully kitted out board with all these miniatures on it, that blew my mind, and I'm still not over it 20 years later. Yeah, there's there's something to say, especially if you do something pretty fun and cool while you're playing, aka a warjack is on top of a you know a 12 inch building and you yank it off <laughs> people will gravitate to that they're like what the hell did you just do i says well i pulled him off because you know i need to destroy him 
He didn't blow him up? No, nah, I just pulled him off. He died from, you know, the fall. It's way more fun that way. It is. It is a lot more yeah. fun. Uh, and there's something to say about when you're playing and you're making jokes and you're laughing and you're like, oh, shit. You know, when something happens, that's really cool or yeah. stuff. People take notice of that. Um, it shows that it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Go to your local game store. Talk to your local, you know, your 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 owners, runners. Talk about setting up, um, you know, a, if they have a night that you can play. And go to the game store. Because I'll tell you, when people look at the miniatures, that changes, especially when they're on the board, changes a lot of people's perspective. Because they're like, oh, those look stupid. Okay, let me put this double, you know, sword-wielding, you know, warjack on the board. And they're like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, that's cool. Type thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm very fond of saying the mo the single model that sold me on this game, Warcaster, now that I'm so deep into it, was the ISA Firebrand with Sword and Shield. Yes. you put I put that together, I looked at it in my hand, and I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people that were like, well, I don't want to do this because of XYZ. And you're like, well, you want to try it out? And they try it out, and they're like, okay, this is a lot different than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and that's how you, and that's one of the most, I think is one of the most important things to build a community and stuff is you got to get out of playing with your friends at the, you know, at house and go to the game store. Um, of course, check with your local store, find out. But I think that's one of the, one of the great things. Yeah. Um, and when you get to your local game store, be very active in social, you know, on their social media pages. Um, if you need to set up your own little one, like Warcasters of Timbuk2, you know, do that. Or, you know, get, you know, get, be active on social media, either your own page, the official pages, discords, you know, whatever, and start scheduling that stuff. Yeah, because after you've shown that the game is cool, then you need to have opportunities for people to come try it out. Yes, I think doing a good scheduled game night is always really good. Um, like our local, one of my local ones, uh, they do like Mondays and Thursdays. Of course, Saturdays are kind of like, a, you know, a free for all. But like Mondays and Thursdays are kind of the, everybody gets together, hang out and plays a variety of games. And everybody knows that. So everybody knows Monday or Thursday, I can go there and play XYZ. Right. Which is very good. You schedule game nights and keep that schedule now if something comes up where you know like hey we have to run a tournament of whatever you can't be here for that everybody gets that schedule something else schedule a hobby hangout night yeah um i don't know like one of the big things that we did whenever we you know the pandemic pandemic was going on was scheduling a game night where we all got together on like either discord or skype or zoom or whatever and we all hung out while painting miniatures. Yes. I have never been so productive in painting as when I'm painting, hanging out with people. Correct. <laughs> then I have to stay focused on what I'm doing. I can't just get up and go watch something. Correct. Um, and, and, and that's another thing. Building community means not just playing games, but working with it. And, and the thing is, is they don't, you don't have to be painting Warcaster. You know, you could be painting, they could be painting something else because, you know, maybe they have a tournament coming up and they have to have their, you know, the War Machine model painted before then. And so just hanging out and painting with those people yeah. can be really good. Sharing the hobby. Yeah. 
Um, and, and you don't even have to, you know, wait until something happens. Just say, Hey guys, Wednesday night, we're going to hang out and we're going to listen to techno and paint miniatures. Anybody want to join us? Yep. And you can go and do that. Uh, we have a, a big shout out to some of the guys in the, uh, in the Facebook group, uh, Chris Graves, Adrian Brown, AJ Fields and Avery, mm-hmm. Avery Settle, because, uh, we have it set up where we all meet up at the game store, like every other Saturday. And sometimes we bring miniatures to game with, sometimes we just paint, sometimes we just sit around and talk about game stuff, but it gives a place that we can all regularly come to and sort of, uh, nourish that, that hobby. Yeah. I mean, cause one of the things I've, I've missed more than anything, you know, uh, being a big war machine hordes tournament player was after the tournament, we all went out to go eat like hibachi or, <laughs> you know, whatever, where we can all kind of sit around together and, we eat food and we talk about the games and, and then we also talk about, you know, how is your life going? What are you doing? You know, did you finish your schoolwork? You know, did you get yeah. your degree? And that right there builds very strong relationships with people. Yeah. And it's not hard. It just takes time. Correct. Um, I want to go on a slight negative note here on something that you shouldn't do. Everybody brace yourself. Everybody brace yourself. <laughs> there is a saying on More Than Dice that I've learned from my friend John, my other co-host on More Than Dice, is don't yuck in my yum. Um, I think it's okay. one of the biggest issues I think a lot of players have is, I'm going to give this an example because I saw this and I had to catch my friend on it. Um, we're sitting there playing War Machine and this guy comes up and says like, well, I play 40K, it's better than War Machine, so on and so forth, and just starts ragging on us for playing War Machine. I'm like, I don't care. I'm playing it. I'm having fun. My friends, you know, he's like, well, 40K, and he just lists all the things that he hates about 40K. And I'm like, I looked at him and says, you know that, don't do that. Yeah. It reminds me of the old, you know, Black Panther meme. We don't do that here. We don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) If someone starts dogging on you, just go, okay, I'm having fun. I mean, this is my game, and I'm enjoying it. If you like that game, more power to you, dude. Yeah. Go have fun. Do not yuck on other people's yum. Just sit there and go, yeah, okay, cool. Now, if someone tells me, you know, gives me, hey, Gonzo, what's your opinion on 40K? I'll give it to them. Yeah. Because then they're asking for my feedback on that. But right. I'm not going to dog another person because they play a certain game. So I'll go ahead and say this as a YouTube content creator. And I know you probably have the same thing as a podcaster. Negativity is easy. Yes. It is so easy. And it's one of those things people throw out, hey, this is the worst decision ever. This game sucks. That game sucks and all that. Because it's really easy to get people talking about it and engaged in it and all that. But it's not healthy. It's not healthy for the community. And I don't think it's healthy for the people. No. Positivity Um, takes effort. Yeah. I always say that for every negative post that you put out there, you've got to do 10 to 15 positive posts from other people to even balance it out. And you, you shouldn't do that. One, we shouldn't be dogging on anybody that's enjoying nerd stuff anyway, exactly. slash geek stuff. We were picked on enough, you know, people look on us kind of weird anyway. You mm-hmm. don't need to be putting that negativity out. If you don't like something, move on to something else. But don't dog somebody because they like something that you're not playing. Exactly. Um. And, 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 it, and it does get kind of hard because some people are very vocal and very mean and very hateful 
with what they're doing, but you have to just like go black Panther. We don't do that here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's, I think that's very important for people to realize because there's always this, and I hate to say it, this, you know, us versus them mentality when it comes to some war gaming groups. And I'm like, and I'm not talking like, you know, club battles because I enjoy, you know, competitive club battles, but <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, 40 K versus, you know, or games workshop versus anybody else. If you really yeah. want to put it blunt. Um, just don't get into it. Go. You like, you like age of Sigmar. Cool. Have fun with that. I'm going to go back to playing war machine or Warcaster or whatever. And when I'm making my pew pew sounds and I'm, you know, making sounds of people dying, know that I'm having fun. <laughs> but I think that's very important for people to understand. Yeah. Um, going back to the something that brought up that came to my mind was the painting and hobby nights um, that you can do like on, you know, Skype or Zoom or whatever. Um, one of the things that is very important is people don't have a lot of money to spend on terrain while some terrain out there is cheap. And if you have a 3d printer, it's even cheaper. Yeah. So you can make your own 3d terrain. But I remember days before 3d printers and be able to buy stuff from Tinker turf where I would go to my friends and go, what styrofoam do you have laying around? Yes. I have some friends of mine who still bring me just like weirdly shaped trash. Yes. And I'm incredibly grateful for it. I mean, you, you paint it over with some Elmer's glue, so when you spray paint it, it doesn't melt. <laughs> but... It takes one try to learn that lesson. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> um, but I think hobby nights for terrain, especially since this game is very terrain heavy, or should be, I should say, because you don't want any open lanes of fire for the most part. Warcaster is, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, for Warcaster, you want you know a good amount of terrain because you have elevation and climbing and flying so you want that type of stuff and getting together to do terrain nights like hey everybody we're going to paint and build terrain bring all your styrofoam bottles cans whatever and let's build terrain appropriate for warcaster yeah um so many times i remember getting a piece of styrofoam from whatever product and pulling it out and i was like oh this will be a cool bunker building yeah, exactly. Uh, spread some Elmer glue over it, spray paint it, do some decals, you know, boom. There's, a, you know, a bunker building that's a line of sight blocking piece of terrain somebody can stand on. You might be a war gamer if. Yeah. <laughs> if you've looked at styrofoam and went, <laughs> that looks like a silo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and, and, and even just building stuff out of, you know, basic wood. Uh, you know, and stuff. And even if you can purchase like Tinker Turf, Tinker Turf stuff or the, any of the other ones, you can definitely use help putting that stuff together. Yeah, it's a fun thing because everyone's going to be using it. Correct. It's, it's You still have to take time to build it. It's still, you know, glue and hold and, you know, position and stuff. So, you know, have a party like, hey, I bought, you know, Tinker Turf's XYZ package. Anybody want to come over? I'll provide beer and pizza and we put together terrain yep so that actually leads into something else this you know the hobby that we're in uh, for warcaster it's more than just a game it's like four or five hobbies in one. Oh yeah got all, all these different aspects to it 
And I think it's cool when you're getting someone into it. It's like, yes, here's a game. But also, if you like painting, if you like the, the arts and crafts part, if you like the storytelling part, there's a part of this hobby for you that we can all do together and enjoy, even if painting isn't your strong suit or even gaming. Like, I'm a terrible player. But I love the painting. I love the hobby. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot. There's a lot more than just rolling dice. Exactly. It kind of comes. Um, I'm, I'm doing a little plug. It's the reason why more than dice is called more than dice. We take all aspects of the gaming, the painting, the hobby, and the community. You know, the dicing, everything. And and whenever we built the channel, that was our philosophy. Was there's more to the game than just the dice. Yeah. And so that was where we, you know, we took this. And people don't. A, a lot of people see this and go, "Oh, it's only you know, I'm rolling dice. It's only about the math." No. I mean, basing for your models, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the painting, the terrain building, so on and so forth. There's more to it than that. Um, and you're right, because I can paint miniatures all day and then play them and go beat them up. But I'm not doing much for my community if that's all I'm doing. Exactly. And I'm fond of saying, like, I'm a storyteller first and then I'm a hobbyist and then I'm a social person and then I'm a gamer. And if I had approached this game and people were like, yeah, it's just it's just a game, then I probably never would have gotten into it. Correct. So I, I think it's important when you're building that community, find the part of it that people enjoy that really draws them in and support that. Oh, yeah. I have a friend of mine. He does nothing but play, but his wife does all the painting of his miniatures. And I'm like, that's a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and she paints she paints exceptionally well. I have a few of her miniatures she's painted. But, I mean, that's kind of how they work. She loves the painting aspect. He loves the playing aspect. That's perfect. Um, like, there's one way to get, you know, a spouse into doing stuff and helping with a hobby. And then you both go to conventions. Uh, which, speaking about conventions, um, you had mentioned when we started talking about this that there's more than just one community. Yes. So that's a personal philosophy of mine. As someone who has way too much free time sometimes, put a lot of thought into this kind of stuff. And really when we talk about communities, I like to separate it into three different communities that most people have. I shouldn't say everybody. Your local, your online, and events and conventions. And you kind of have to participate in and foster those communities in different ways depending on what you want to get out of it. The local community is the classic, hey, I've got friends down at the game store. I've got friends who come over to my house to game and all that. And I think most people understand kind of how that interaction works. Mm-hmm. Like you're building friends, you're spending time together, you're hobbying and whatever, whatnot. You're doing games, tournaments and all that. The online community is something that I've really enjoyed as someone who has moved around a lot because of military affiliation through my life is having groups like the Discord. Like big shout out to the Warcaster Discord, to the Warcaster Facebook group. These are amazing online communities oh, where yeah. it's not really gaming, but you get to dig into all the other parts of this. We got people painting, we got battle reports, we got people out there writing fiction. Like this is a cool uh, community and it's easy to participate in because all it takes is some posting or a photo and you're part of that, that online group. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, there's the psychos who run the conventions. <laughs> and i love convention i absolutely adore going to conventions even I though i can't play worth a damn i love going, going to conventions because there's this really cool energy about having this giant room full of a whole bunch of people who are passionate about the same things that you are 
and everyone's gaming and everyone's enjoying it and everything's just having a blast and it's just glorious. But those are three things to think about. It's like they need different levels of participation. There's going to be different things they ask of you, but it's cool. The one thing that I always do, you know, I have my local online. I'm not a huge Discord um, fan. I am on the Discord and I do make comments every so often. Uh, but conventions are my thing too. Um, there is always a saying of convention family. Um, there are people that I only get to see once or twice a year, and they're my convention family. And I know they're my convention family because um, about six years ago, my best friend passed away, and she was very big in the community, and the community rallied around and did a lot of cool things. Um, because of her untimely passing. And I know that conventions, the convention families have done a lot of cool things for other people. Uh, I know someone that had their army stolen out of the back of their car, uh, not at the convention, but you know, at uh, their local area. And they lost like a thousand dollars worth of miniatures all painted up. So on and so forth. That's nuts. Yeah. Uh, uh, All the people got together. We re we re we re bought that entire army for that person. Wow. I mean, the entire thing back. Um, and that's the thing is community is very strong in a convention because we all know that it costs a lot of money to play the game. It costs a lot of money to go to conventions. And when someone disrespects that or, you know, whatever, we all look at that person like if, if you find out who it is, they're pretty much, you know, banned forever. But you look at the person that lost it and you can feel that. You can like... Oh, yeah, it's it's a thing we can all sympathize with. Yeah, because it's just, you know, getting that convention family and it's always great to go to a convention like back when I was playing a lot of War Machine and Horrors tournament play, there was a group of us, about five of us, and we would always go to each event around the area and we were known for winning a lot. And we eventually, you know, we were like, okay, we're winning a lot. And so people, some people were like, well, Gonzo and the crew showed up when it really wasn't Gonzo and the crew. I'm choosing my name. And they're like, crap. Well, we're going to get some good games in at least. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and But that's the thing. You start finding people and knowing people and seeing people and learning people. Um, that's another thing. Um, people that play Warcaster where at a convention are not huge. So you all get to know each other pretty quickly. Um, yeah. It's not like there's, you know you know, a hundred man tournament of war, war of Warcaster. There's like 15 or 20 and you get to play almost all of them that whole weekend. <laughs> and you get to learn some stuff that you didn't, you know, know before. So going to conventions is a great way to go, Hey, I'm so-and-so. And they're like, Oh, I've read some of your posts. Um, it still freaks me out when people go, Hey, you're Gonzo. And I'm like, yeah. They're like you run more than dice and warfare weekend. I'm like, you don't listen to that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And it, and it, and it's, and it's weird, but we remember those things and it's cool. Yeah. To get that. And like, cause I mean, you're going to get people going, yeah, you run more budgie stuff, the Jericho reach stuff. And you're like, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's there, there's that community that we don't even see that other people know about. And we like to have people come around and do that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things. Cause you meet complete strangers, but you know, immediately that you all have something in common that you enjoy. Correct. And there's something really cool about that. Yeah. Um, what was, what was some other one that I was thinking about? Um, 
you're more on this one uh content creation content uh, creation you are the man when it comes to content creation for warcaster uh, <laughs> i just write on your coattails with the war dice podcast because you are and i'm, I'm gonna say you are the voice and face of some of the best warcaster content creation out there i mean privateer press has even interviewed you because you're that cool <laughs> well, i appreciate it. it it is honestly it's one of those things that's incredibly honoring and mildly terrifying yeah but what it goes back to you and the reason i kind of wanted to touch on this in the episode is especially on the war machine side of the house i'm, I'm going to cross the streams just a little bit for a second like there's a lot of really cool content being put out by people who get excited about the game and whether it's in battle reports or just like but put up photos of their battles or do podcasts or do blogs and all that stuff. It's uh, creating something that helps the hobby or helps the community is not difficult. It doesn't have to be like the full bone production of things, but uh, the origin of war budgies, honestly, it goes back to a conversation I had with uh, my friend, uh, Dave Norquist from uh, Mini Wargaming. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him that I was kind of starting to think about getting into the battle reports. But at the time, I had like a webcam that I plugged into my tablet like it was garbage. I was talking about all this stuff like, oh, I don't know if I, I have all the, uh, the time and the effort and the material. And he was like, look, man, whatever content is put out by the community helps the community. Yep. And I love that. And I really try to preach that to everybody who's like, hey, I want to try making videos. Just make videos. Just be part of the community. Be a face. Be a voice. And... It, it inspires other people. It gets them excited about this game. And when they're excited about the game, then they want to participate. Yeah. I mean, and don't worry about, I know it's like, it's not, it, my first podcast sucked ass. <laughs> I mean, it was horrible. Uh, I still, you know, someone says you make a professional podcast and I put, you know, quotes around professional Whenever I do this, I don't. I, I just put out stuff I think that's fun, people might want to listen to, get to hang out with people, and talk about my nerd stuff. If you have an idea, go for it. Just do it. Yeah. Um, if, it if it's just artwork, show cool artwork. If it's you want to stream painting, stream <coughs> yourself painting miniatures. Um, don't go into anything thinking that you're going to be the next big. And uh, <laughs> Don't think you're going to be critical role. Yeah. That's the best, best way to put it. Just go out there and having fun. I mean, yeah. I've been doing podcasting for six years. I haven't stopped my day job. I don't make any money off of this. Uh, it costs me money. But I mean, <laughs> you know, it's something I like to do. Yeah. But what you're doing really is you're just, you're taking something that you enjoy and you're sharing it with other people. Yes. And because we've got that online community and this really, this really cool welcoming group of people, you're going to inspire someone else who likes the same things you do. Sure. I'm going to give another shout out to the, the Warcaster Discord because that group of people have been really cool about stuff. And, and it's still fun to see people going, dang, guys, that was a really cool episode. Thanks. And, you know, giving us, you know, pointers. I think someone gave us, like, whenever you do your AC uh, version, just take two cadre and be done. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I haven't really dug into AC a lot, so we'll have to see. Oh, their cadre uh, is spoopy. Yeah. So, I mean... The, you know, and, and we like hearing from people too. There's nothing wrong. Like, I, I'm sure we get stuff wrong. I think if someone says, "Hey, y'all should have taken this because I think this is cooler than what it is," and I'm like, "Cool, I would have never thought of that." Yeah. Type thing. 
Um, but I mean, it's really nice to have the online community and make it easy um, for that situation. So another good shout out to the Warcaster uh, Discord channel. Way yes. to go, guys. <laughs> and as someone who's still, I mean, I still consider myself rel a relative newcomer to Privateer Press games. Mm -hmm. The community has been so amazingly welcoming of the content that it still almost hurts my head to think about. <laughs> like, um, I, I was not sure. When I did the very first, uh, there was a series of three battle reports to introduce Jericho Reach, the battle for Jericho Reach. And it was just starter sets against starter sets. And I was like, people are going to hate this. And it was great. And people were like, hey, you're making content. Welcome aboard. Yes. And that is, it is just a really cool, gratifying thing. And then obviously one thing led to another. And now here we are. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been with Privateer Press since War Machine came out back in the early 2000s. I've, you know, I've been a press ganger since like one of the very few first press gangers out there. Um, and the community as a whole has been very welcoming, no matter what it is. I mean, we have our ups and downs like any other community, but I have friends, people I know. To tell you how cool the, the Privateer Press community, because that's what it really is, um, I'm going to do a quick flashback. I went to an ATC, the American Team Champion or Cup or whatever you want to call it, where yeah. they pick people for the WTC. Um, my flight was late getting out from where I was starting, and so when I got to my when I got to Georgia at my connecting destination my flight was already gone and my next flight out was going to be nine o'clock in the morning and it was like two o'clock in the afternoon Oof. so i was there i was going to be there for you know 13 14 16 hours i went on facebook page and went hey i'm stuck here is anybody around Is anybody got a place i can stay and within like five minutes I had everybody going, Gonzo, I can pick you up. Let's go eat dinner. I'll let you sleep in. I got a spare bed, and we'll take you to the airport in the morning. That's awesome, dude. Who does that? <laughs> I mean, really, in today's age, I mean, you know, we've been, I've known these people on Facebook, but they were not, you know, I've never been to their house, so on and so forth. But I mean, that's the kind of community I want to be part of. Yes. Type thing. So, um, What's another good one? Another good topic? Um, oh, uh, before we get into one of them, I know that you wanted to talk about um, the best thing for you to do, and I think this is really good, if you went to Adepticon or you went to Gen Con, and I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't do it at Warfare Weekend, where you can do the buy one, get one free. So if you buy one starter set, get another one for free. Yes. Great deal. Uh, beyond belief, great deal for people starting out. It's always good to have a demo army faction ready to go. Yes. My so, rejected title for this episode was How to Sucker Your Friends into Your Addiction. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's, and even if it's just the basic starter, I mean, the, the one that you can, you know, you get, and it's just the few troops and the, the jack and so on and so forth. There is something to say about you and I are playing a game and this person's watching. They're like, hey, you want to try it out? And they're like, sure. And you bring out, you know, two starter sets. Yep. And like, we'll just play with the two starter sets so we don't, you know, go over, you know, and overload someone's brain. But having those two starter sets is very important. Um, if you can get all four of them, even better. Because then you can lay all four of them out and goes, which one do you want to play with? And then they can ask questions like, well, what's this faction like? 
yep. what's this faction like type thing, which I think is very good because if you can go, well, you know, ISA, they're fascists, but they got good weapons, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you can run it's down because people we are, are like ISA that. players to be clear. <laughs> yes, we are both. Um, and I like that. Um, there's just a lot of things that you're going to have to, you're, you're going to want to do that with your armies kind of know yeah. a little bit about them um but always have like two sets of armies ready type thing to get people interested in playing so it'll be kind of something you should do in my opinion i think i think it's one of those things if you're going to be running demos or actively trying to build a community you definitely want to have demo stuff yes and that way they can actually put hands on and you're right like if you have more options more options is better they can see the game is fun they can try it for themselves and then they can turn around and be like hey i really like this set and it's like what 60 bucks for a starter set and then you're in yeah i mean and it's good to have just a quick and easy ready to go thing especially and, and another thing you can do schedule a demo night at the game store yeah Nobody says you have to, you know, wait until your game's over. I mean, say a bunch of your friends can't make it because they've all gone to Adepticon without you. <laughs> and like, hey, guys, I'm going to be at the local game store running demos on that. And uh, anybody want to learn how to play the game? And have two armies set up and ready to go. Yep. And I know it's a personality thing. I love running demos. I've, I've run more, more Warcaster demos than I think I've played Warcaster games. Like, it's a really fun thing to do, but it, watching someone who approaches the game with confusion and watching the confusion turn to understanding, the understanding turn into excitement, all in the span of, like, 30 minutes is really cool. Yeah. A quick and easy, and I think a good uh, a good demo game, maybe 30 minutes. Yeah. Give them, give them the basics, you know. And it, I, I always say, ask whoever wants to see the demo – what their familiarity of miniature gaming is. That does help. Yeah. If they, if they've been playing, you know, for 20 plus years, you can kind of go and do a little bit of stuff a little bit quicker. Um, and you can do a little bit of things. If someone's like, I've never played a miniature game, maybe pre set up the scenario mm -hmm. and have people have things pre set up out there. You know, if they say, I want to see what the game looks like from start to finish, you know, go from that. Talk to the person that you're going to be with. Uh, and see what they are wanting out of it and see what they, you know, see what they can do. Um, which leads to another thing. Um, and you and I have talked about this numerous times uh, about um, game creators making the game and the community makes it thrive. I'm going to let you go with this um, and run with it for a minute. And I'm going to kind of come up on the back end of you. <laughs> so this is one thing. It's, it's kind of, it factors into my personal beliefs and it was one of one of the big drivers as to why I made war budgies, why I still do the content and all, and all that stuff. The idea, the responsibility of the game maker is to obviously make a game. And that's not the responsibility of the uh, community. And there's a lot of arguments back and forth about, well, the community can do this or we should do this and all that. The game creators make the game, but they can't make it successful. That's not, it, it's just not feasible. The community is our, I won't say our job, but, uh, if we want a game to be successful, we have to contribute to its success. And that comes down to all the things we talked about 
uh, today. Introduce people to the game, show that it's fun, make some content. However much energy you want to put into the community is going to contribute to that game's success. Very much so. Um, it always comes back to, you know, people are like, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in charge of that. Okay, I get it. Um, but if you want a game to succeed, you got to do some little bit of work. You've got to go out there. You got to find people. You got to do it. Um, not many game companies have demo crews anymore. Um, yeah. Thank you, Wizards of the Coast or what Magic Judges, <laughs> for causing that issue. Um, and it changed and shaped the way things are. The thing is, is you're just gonna have to, you're gonna have to go out there and do it. Yeah, but um, you can do it to a level that you're comfortable with. Correct. Like, not everybody has to run a YouTube channel, be on a podcast, and do ten thousand demos. <laughs> not to call myself out on that point. Um, like, I'm known for driving like four hours for to do a demo of a game. And then there's Gonzo. <laughs> yeah. If we do a competition on demoing games, I'm going to lose because it's Gonzo. <laughs> that, uh, I, I, I joke about it because uh, somebody's like, what can we pay you? I'm like, you don't pay me. I'm here to demo the game for you and then build your community up. Uh, give me a soda and we'll call it even. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what uh, comes down to it at the end is we do this because we want this game to be successful because we want to share stuff with people who are like us. Correct. And that's not something that you do as a job, but it's also not something that you need to stress yourself out for. Like if, if your whole uh, contribution is, hey, I just want to set up a game night. Cool. That, that's perfect. Great. I mean, just you got to put in a little effort, whether you like it or not. That's just kind of how it is. Yeah. Um, and it, it takes people to do it. It takes work. It doesn't happen overnight, um, but you've got to step forward and do it. And if you're, and if you need help, ask for it. People are always willing to help. I'll tell you right now, nobody's, nobody's willing to, you know, back down. They may not be able to be there physically, but you know, Hey, I'll, I can help you promote it or I can help you, you know, I'll give you advice what you need to. I'm not driving 10 hours to run a demo for you, but, um, I will tell you how I would do it. Um, and which comes down to, I think, our last one. Um, be the person you want others to come to. Um, being that person people go to is very important yes. to a lot of people. Like, oh, uh, I need someone to run demos. Well, I know John is very nice, very personable. Uh, he knows his stuff. He can get people started. And game stores start to notice that. And they're going to be like, oh. You want to learn how to play Warcaster? I'm calling up the guy I know. And people will start recognizing it. Um, I have people that call me all the time about running conventions and how to do it. And I'm like, why are you calling me to do this? I just do this. And it's like, because you know what you're doing. And I'm like, no, I don't. But, I mean, it's that, <laughs> it's that what is it? Um, uh, what's that thing? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, where you think, you don't think you know what you're doing, but everybody else thinks you do. I uh, can't remember. I think that's called my career, Gonzo. Yeah, pretty much. Mine too. <laughs> um, but uh, be the person you want others to have out there. Uh, yeah. It goes back to my old schooling days whenever uh, I was a teacher. Be the teacher that you wanted when you were a kid. Yeah. And it's the same thing for this hobby. Be that person that you would have wanted someone else 
to do when you joined it. Right. Um, and I, oh, we've been doing this gaming for years and all that. We've run into a lot of people. I'll, I'm going to tell you, I had first looked into War Machine years and years ago, but the first demo I tried, like, it was not a friendly experience. Like, it wasn't that fun. And I put the game down for the next, like, five years. I didn't come back to it. Yeah. But then uh, coming back, some of the guys the game with now, learning War Machine from them, they're awesome, fun guys. And so they make the game fun. And so it makes me feel at ease. It makes me enjoy playing this game. Yeah. Don't don't be that person that runs people off um, because you want to win or God, you yes. want to table <laughs> or whatever. Be that person that wants to bring someone into the game because you run someone off, that's someone that could have been playing the game and you'd had more people to play with. It, it always irks me when I, I go to a demo or I see a demo and the person I'm demoing with is like a tryhard. That's the best way to put it. Yes. Uh, is trying to – and not show me cool stuff. Like he's not like, this is how you do a throw or this is how you do this. He's like, I'm going to – get this one combo off that there's only 1% chance and it's like seven models to do this one combo and wipes me off the game before I even get to demo the game. I'm like, you did, you didn't do anything for me. Yeah. I don't think I want to demo this game or play this game anymore. I will say, I, I don't think they have to win because I've seen some demos yeah. where they're like, they have to let the person win, but they still don't have fun because they're just softballing the whole thing. Correct. They just, they have to have a memorable, fun experience. I've always been when I do the demos uh, and someone's like, I want to move here. And I go, okay, I, what's the point of it? You know, type thing. Or why, why are you moving here? He says, well, cause I want to shoot here. And I says, well, while you move here, make sure you stand right here because that'll give you cover. Yeah. And it's going to make me very hard to hit you next round. If I, if you don't kill me type thing. Yeah. Um, those little hints like, Hey, you could totally throw that war Jack off that 12 store building. Yes. Like let them do the cool stuff. Yeah, because I mean, we we you could have an open field, and just roll dice shooting for dice mechanics, so they could learn the dice mechanics. But there's something about yanking a warjack off the top of a building and letting it fall. Yes, they will remember that. Yes, set up cool stuff for them. You know, um, if you know that their model has you know a cleave type ability or a spray type ability. Don't fudge it, but give them the option and then explain when they walk up, they want to spray. Like, oh, yeah, I want to shoot this guy with the spray. He goes, well, the sprays actually hit everything in a line. So if you move over like two inches more because you have that movement, mm -hmm. you can get four models instead of one model. Yes. And those moments where you can get that little light bulb behind their eyes to go from I'm playing a game to I'm having an awesome time. Yeah. Um, and scenarios, you know, it was like play the scenario up and, you know, have them play it up. Say, okay, you don't really want to attack me, you know, type thing. You want to grab this and run away. And they're like, okay. And, you know, they grab it and run away. And then you try to stop them from running away. And then they start to learn, oh, I can actually spike to move three more inches so I can yeah. get further away from you. You know, play into the your opponent's strengths. And let them know what they are. That way that they can get a sense not only for how the game plays, but gives that, like it says, that light bulb moment behind the eyes. Yes. I live for that moment. That is the coolest thing. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, whenever you um, shoot something or like, oh, yeah, your vehicle. Yes, it can move nine inches, but then you can choose this maneuver. It gives another three and then spike again for another nine. 
and then they're like halfway across the board and they're like damn and i'm like all of a sudden your vehicle's in the next game yeah <laughs> and they're like okay that's cool you show the little easy to show combos like that and people are like okay i can see how this can be really really cool yeah warcaster is an incredibly cinematic game in my opinion and it's easy to set those moments up so yeah set it up let them have fun like i said don't softball the game for them but teach them you know okay this weapon ignores cover and terrain so you don't have to worry about it yep you know give that little thing behind it or hey you can fly so you don't have to stay on the floor you can go up to the top of the building and sit up there and shoot me type thing so i mean doing the cool things in the game brings people back because then they're going to go what else can i get to do even more (laughs) and then you can talk about you know and i would also you know talk about the models like warjacks it's not buy one and you're done you buy one and you got many multiple varieties of the jack yeah which is a very very good concept when you think about it and a very good thing for the money because if you're good at magnetizing these models you could have one jack has multiple roles no matter what right type thing so i mean show that aspect of it too because that's a a, a unique aspect to the game yep and i'll I'll bring that background to the whole uh content creation thing show what you what you think is no get them excited too oh you, you cut out for just a second show what is cool oh sorry uh, show them what you find cool about the game like i love setting things on fire and throwing things off building please don't call the cops <laughs> <laughs> in the context of the game i love setting things on fire and throwing things off building so i will give people the chance every every chance i get to do that in a demo game because it's cool and a lot of people really enjoy that they're like i can do that and i'm like yes and when they walk away they remember not, I played a game with models. It's, I threw a burning war jack off a 10-story building. And one of the things I always show is people are like, um, okay, so this is all the models I get. I go, yes, but when that unit dies, they can come back. Yeah. And you're not deploying on the back line. I mean, the void gate aspect of Warcaster is a very unique concept. I love it, yeah. Um, and so it makes the game very dynamic. Because uh, a lot of people are like, you deploy on that side, I deploy on this side, we meet in the middle, we blow each other up. And I'm like, many times, I'm like, yes, we deploy across from each other, and then the battle shifts into a counterclockwise rotation because I've flanked you, and now I'm deploying on your flank. Yeah. One of my one of my favorite early battles when I figured this out, and I, I think it's actually one of the first three battle reports, is it was an AC versus March Worlds. And by halfway through the game, they completely switched sides of the board. <laughs> And I, and I was sitting here looking. I was like, what the hell is this game? Yeah. Play up to the strengths of Warcaster. I think that's another thing that that elevator pitch type thing of Warcaster is dynamic battlefield with guns and laser swords. We won't say the other words. So we don't get in trouble, but um, <laughs> copyright copyright. Uh, but I mean, play up to the strengths of the game. I mean, the dice mechanic is unique. Deployment is unique redeployment of models is unique um scenarios are unique play up to that strength of what the game is and like i says give your opponent that you're demoing or showing the game to some cool aspects of it 
show them and, and guide them. Um, you're like, hey, yes, you could shoot me, but this card that you have in your hand, because I always play cards open-faced whenever I'm playing, oh, yeah. uh, demoing with somebody. And I'm like, that card can do X, Y, Z, then you can do this. And they're like, oh, okay, I see that combo now. And I'm like, yep, that's there kind it of is. what it is. Can you think of anything else? I think we hit everything that we, you know, we actually put some notes down on this one. Um, yeah. And wrote some stuff uh, like, Gonzo, don't burp. I'm like, okay, I won't burp this episode. <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, it's not a normal format, but it's it's a topic we both feel really, really passionate about, obviously, because you got the convention stuff in the podcast. I've got the War Buddies thing and, again, all the stuff at Warfare Weekend. Like, it's, it's something we think is really cool, and we want to share that. Yeah, I, I, and I think it's very important now that we're all getting back into game stores and Warcaster, you know, it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it came out at the wrong time, but it came out right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so it was like, everybody had the models. Who can I play with? Nobody, yeah, because it, nobody wants to play. It came out at a tough time. That, I'll be diplomatic about that. Yeah, it came out at a very tough time for the world, not just yes. Warcaster. But now that people are getting and I'm like, the... The Facebook group is, is exploding. The Discord group is exploding. People are getting into it. People are talking. It, I, I think this was a relevant topic to yeah. talk about. Um, we will continue to do, you know, army buildings. Um, I know that we do have in here to do a terrain guide because this, not only the rules of terrain, but how to set up tables, what to avoid and what to do. Yeah, is we a, can talk about topic. that for a while. Yeah, we, we can ramble about terrain all day um, and, and why it's important in this game. Um, yeah. So we'll have some more um, type thing to going on. But we appreciate you listening and jumping in on this. Don't forget, yeah. be the positive voice out there. Bring people to the game so you can have more people playing because more people playing the game is better for you. And if there are topics you guys want to hear us talk about, by all means, throw it into the comments. Oh, yeah, 100%. If you want to learn about something like how did Gonzo paint his model so crappily, airbrush, but I can talk about it. Um, or if you have questions for John about um, his Jericho reach about, you know, like how does he do his editing or how does he, you know, why, how does he set up the story? Go yep. for it. I'm sure he's willing to talk about it. At the end of the day, we're still just two lunatics with microphones. So have at it. Yeah. Well, guys, we appreciate it. Um, Make sure you give a like and follow to everybody. Hang out with everybody. Check out Terrain. Um, check out Warfare Weekend. We hope to see y'all there. Um, for more than Dice War Dice, I'm Gonzo. And I'm John. Let's play that cool music again. I really like it.